Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We see Jesus' disciples' reaction in that first Easter evening and what Jesus did about that in two verses from our Gospel reading. Verse 41. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, and then 45, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Because of Easter, it's a new life. Hopeful. A hopeful life because Jesus opened up the eyes of his disciples. Now, the disciples most likely were not sleeping on Easter evening, nor were they getting drowsy. But that doesn't mean that they were ready to actually see and and behold the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First and foremost, they needed to realize that this was not a case for the Ghostbusters. Two previous verses to our reading, He, Jesus, said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you have seen. Something that just looked an awful lot like Jesus suddenly appeared amongst them. But they just couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. It didn't make sense to them. He's dead. I wonder if we wouldn't have that same thought if we'd have been there. Things that don't fit our reason, even that God says we have trouble believing. In Holy Communion, for example, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and gave to them, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. And then he took wine after he had supped and gave it to them and said, This is my blood. Sure, it looks and tastes like bread and wine to me. Or what that bread and wine, body and blood actually do? Shed for you. For the forgiveness of your sins. Actual and factual forgiveness of sins, Jesus says, comes through communion. That's a hard one. Or when a pastor or a friend to whom you have said and expressed your sorrow over a sin and turned it over to Jesus, and they assure you that because of Jesus' life and death, that sin is forgiven forever. Do you have trouble, trouble believing that and accepting that, doubting that? If that's the case, you and I need to listen once again to what Jesus said to his disciples, because he says it to us also. Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind? Stop doubting and see the resurrected Jesus. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement. It's a new life. Joyful. Have you ever experienced one of those 
most wonderful, joyful events that you just couldn't believe because it was too good? Maybe you or a loved one, body was being decimated by cancer. And you go to the, the, the doctor and he says, I, I don't understand that the cancer is gone. Well, you know that God did it. But it seems just, just too good to be true, to grasp it. Or maybe at some time in your life you'd had a, a good friend, family member, visit you in a surprise visit. And you're just so surprised you couldn't believe it. You know, like one of those events on television where they bring somebody back from Afghanistan, a soldier, and without the knowledge of his or her spouse and family, and then they walk into the room and that spouse is, you know, speechless. You know, maybe puts their hands over their, their mouth or their eyes. Just seems too good to be true to believe. Unbelievably good. Too good to be true. Sometimes things happen like that. You don't believe it because of joy and amazement. It freezes your senses. You have, you have to pinch yourself to see, is this a dream or is this really happening? Think of those first disciples gathered there, had witnessed the cruel treatment of their Lord, saw him crucified, put into the grave. Their hopes, their wishes, their dreams that this would be the one shattered. First dead, now alive. Yes. The reality could not be understood, but at least the reality could be seen, Jesus said. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. It's like he's saying, dear friends, I'm alive. It's really me. Give me something to eat, and I'll prove it. He still he had body, bones, and flesh. Oh, it was a glorified body indeed that could go through stone walls and come through locked doors. But as a real body that was alive and could eat fish. He wanted to prove that he really was there. And it wasn't just the, the, their heart's great desire to see him once again. He was there. Everything that he had promised was and is true. Forgiveness of sins was sure and certain for them and for us. And, and he wants them to know that so that they and we could be joyful. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross, and that victory is all his believers then and now. Be joyful. Heaven awaits. A room in heaven with your name on it. Rejoice in that fact. 
in any trials that you may face and troubles on this earth, remember that you have a living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by your side to help you and to encourage you and to fill you with joy. It's a new life. Joyful. Joyful because Jesus opened up their eyes. It's a new life. Joyful. Joyful because Jesus opened up their eyes. And joyful because he opened up their minds. Jesus opened up their minds to connect the Old Testament with what had just happened. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. Our eyes obviously can see things that our minds cannot understand. The joyful aspects of Jesus' life and death and resurrection did not come out of nowhere. God had told his Old Testament people, increasingly through that Old Testament, more and more about what would happen, including virtually everything of Holy Week. Oh, it, it may have looked like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, like maybe some of the pieces who were missing didn't understand it at, at first. You couldn't get the picture. I don't know, do you like working jigsaw puzzles? You know, these things that come in big boxes that have like 1,500 pieces in them. I personally don't, but I get the privilege of doing it from time to time. And I wonder if the Old Testament believers, including the disciples, didn't say, hey, there's something wrong with this puzzle. Some of the pieces are missing. I don't get it. Or some of the pieces don't fit. Somebody must have stuck in something that, that, that goes to a different picture, such as the cross. But God is the one who made the puzzle. And it wasn't to be some kind of mystery they wouldn't understand. It was to help them grasp. And when it all got to put together, to comprehend what a wonderful, marvelous plan God had had from the beginning. It was meant to give joy. That finished puzzle after Holy Week and Easter was to bring them great joy. As they saw how it all finally fit together, they were witnesses of that. But they needed a, a puzzle master to open up their minds. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture. He told them, this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. See, they didn't have, you know, the neat pictures like we have in the front that kind of see how it's supposed to look like when it's finished. They didn't know what it would be like until it was all done. Jesus came there and gave joy to their discouraged minds and to help explain to them and show them what the finished puzzle would look like. And the events of Holy Week did that. Finish that puzzle off. Now, this is the puzzle that came out of that box. It's kind of a beautiful winter scene. 
maybe a Christmas Eve uh, with a church and people going to church. Or what a beautiful scene. Jesus had prepared for them in that finished puzzle masterpiece. And he tried to get his disciples to see that because it was to give them joy, to give them assurance. How is your Easter jigsaw puzzle going? Have you already lost the, the joy of Easter? Kind of went when the last piece of candy was eaten? Or maybe you were so busy over all the preparations of Easter that there wasn't time to find joy there. We have a tendency to get back to the old grind, right? Soon school and work, worry and hurry take over our lives. And one of the things that gets squeezed out is, is joy. Now, if Satan cannot steal your faith, I think he would love to steal the joy that your faith is to bring to you each day. Weaknesses and, and sins growing again. Looking at the world around us, seems like the wicked world is winning. See, we have a sinful nature that wants to take the joy out of life for us. Our sinful nature, nature is the worst pessimist that there could ever be and doubts everything. Do we let that sinful nature take over us and ruin our view of the joys of Easter and push out all that, that it means and brings to us? Blurs our eyes and our minds? So we need to fall on our knees. Asking God for that forgiveness that Jesus so richly earned and fully gives to each and, one and every one of us. Then ask him to open our eyes and our minds to be more and more receptive of that joy through the study of his word. For indeed, this joy is one that is to be shared. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Jesus is saying, tell others about what you know. Share that joy with others. Can you imagine what a privilege and thrill it would be to find one of these, these missing children or, or teens and be the first one to tell the family, your child is safe, here that child is? Or, or to a family, out-of-work family who's in danger of losing their home, to be able to come with the good news, your house payment has been paid. And there's a job ready for the dad Monday morning. See, we have better news than that. News that will bring greater joy than anything that we could share with them about the things in this world. There's a house in heaven waiting for every person rather than a hotel in hell. Every word misused, every harmful and hurtful deed, they've all been erased. That's what Easter is all about. So Jesus says, be joyful. 
be thrilled about that. Jesus' resurrection, after he lived a, a perfect life, changes eternities and changes each day that we live here. God promises to be with us and to provide for us and to take care of us. A loving, caring, and marvelous God. So we have no reason not to be joyful, not to rejoice in all those great blessings that he has given us. Tell others about that. And not, not just that you have joy, but that joy is available to each and every one of them through faith in Jesus. That's the privilege these disciples had. That's what Paul was doing when he brought the message to the Gentiles. That's what you can do with those who you know, who you care about, those people you meet for the first time, and they notice the joy that you seem to have in your life and the joyful things that come out of your mouth. You share that reason for joy. And Jesus says that that joy is not something that we create ourselves. He even sends the Holy Spirit to bring us to faith and receive that joy. And it's not at an end, dear friend. There's more to come. Jesus said, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Oh, Easter Day may be over, but the wonderful, joyful consequences continue. And they will never end. See that joy. Open up your eyes. Let your mind wrap itself around what Jesus has done for you and the joy that is there for you. And when you share that joy with others, your joy will be multiplied. Indeed, we sing songs of joy. We can live, live lives of joy because we have a Savior. He's risen, and we have a new life, hopeful, joyful. Amen.